The glory of God is man fully alive. And the glory of man is the vision of God. These words from St. Irenaeus help to illuminate the historical event of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, true man, becomes radiant upon the heights of Mount Tabor. Jesus Christ, true God, reveals his divinity to the eyes of Peter, James, and John. Our Lord both reassures his apostles of his divinity and reveals the glory that awaits them in heaven. The glory that awaits us in heaven. St. John, who's a witness to this glory, writes of this heavenly transformation. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We cannot be the best version of ourselves here and now. The best version of ourselves awaits us in heaven. What we will be if we are truly alive is like Christ. And this happens by our gazing upon the furnace of truth and love that he is. Longing for this fulfillment, the psalmist sings out, of you my heart speaks, you my glance seeks, hide not your face from me. The world believes that fullness of life here and now uh, resides in facing your fears, um, even feeling the fullness of your emotions, or gaining social capital. And none of these things are evil, they're good, but they're goods for this life. Finite, limited, and ultimately unable to bring lasting glory. This is why thrill seekers are constantly risking their lives. The adrenaline wears off, but the beatific vision, it abides. The church turns our gaze to the transfigured Christ every year during the second Sunday of Lent. The radiating glory of Jesus should blind us of the glory of this world. There is nothing more beautiful, more good, more true in this mortal life than what the Lord is offering us in the life to come. The victory of the cross is worth any loss we experience in this life. This reality is meant to spurn us on in our Lenten observances. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving can wear us down, or simply, they can humble us. It's humiliating uh, to realize after your third bite that what you're eating is the very thing that you gave up for Lent. I hope I'm not the only one that's experienced that. 
but perhaps that's the case. Yet in facing the, the grind of following our observances, uh, coming face to face with the weakness of when we simply don't observe these penances, or kind of the humiliating aspect of forgetting them, we grow in the truth of our humble condition. The corruptible body weighs down the soul, and the earthly dwelling preoccupies the mind busy with many thoughts. Yet the transfiguration promises, a, it promises us a body unlike this one. St. Paul says, the Lord Jesus Christ will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. This means that we should call on Jesus to assist us when we're feeling this, this grind. We may need to pray for strength to carry on in our way. We may need to ask for his forgiveness in the confessional for those times maybe we forget uh, to abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent or when we fail and commit any other mortal sin. Or we may simply need to pray for his wisdom that we may not lose sight of what we're moving toward in this Lenten season. With St. Paul, we can exclaim the sufferings of this life are not to be compared with the future glory to re be revealed in us. And he, as he also says, that which is a passing light tribulation in this life produces in us a degree of glory beyond measure for the life to come. As we contemplate the things that are unseen and not those that are seen, hoping in future glory means not seeing the glory now. And this can strain our faith. Like Abraham, who believed in God as the sun set, in terrifying darkness encircled him. We too are called to see through the obscurity of the visible things of this world to the deep abiding reality of the unseen glory of Jesus Christ present among us. It's a wonderful thought to imagine ourselves on the top of Mount Tabor with the apostles. There it, it's, the obscurity is taken away. It's dispersed for a moment. It's almost as if we could pass onto the future glory without having to descend into the tribulations of this world to find glory apart from the cross. Yet the church fathers talk about the transfiguration as a miracle. And that's because it was passing. It wasn't the stable disposition of Christ's body at that time. And we realize this when we look at his glorified body. Because unlike his body transfigured on Mount Tabor, his resurrected body 
bears the five wounds. Jesus kept the wounds for his glorified body. The sufferings that we experience in this life, when they're united to the sufferings of Jesus Christ, when we truly offer them up as spiritual sacrifices, our resurrected bodies are going to, in a sense, bear the marks. They'll be a sign of our own conformity to Jesus Christ crucified. So soon upon this altar, Father Melmer will make present the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. In receiving this heavenly food, unlike the food of this world, we don't conform it to ourselves, but we become conformed to it, to him. So look with the eyes of faith. For in seeing God lies your glory. Receive the bread of life so that you may be fully alive and that God may be glorified.